Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. Ryan, hello there. Josh, hi. It is good to be back. It is, man. It is. It's it's been a while since it, since we've been together. It has been. We, we missed a yep. week. I know there was tears and gnashing of teeth. The, yes, there were. When we missed nasty emails, oh, all sorts of things goodness. like that. Yeah. Crowds, the crowds, they spoke. And they yeah. Said, we want more. I saw that uh, you had Savon and Lundy on. Yeah, that yes. was awesome. That Very was really cool. Fun. Yeah. I know. It was kind of neat. We had uh, three people in here twice in a row. Yeah, right? I know. Dennis here, and then, and then, and then the two yep. of them were a blast. That's great. That was really fun. It was uh, it was great getting to getting to talk to them some and um, hear some of their stories. And and it was really fun talking about the same passage and uh, how how you could take take it two very different ways. Yeah, which they did. Which they was, did. Which was fun. Yes. And, both and they both did a great job. Great sermons. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, it's fun to see the way that, I, I think I told you this, like, I think it'd be fun to do a sermon series where we preach the same passage in different yes. ways, like yes. a few weeks in a row. Yes. Like that was sort of like a little, uh, we dipped our toes in the water there, there you, you know? Exactly. So Exactly. So that made for a fun, a fun little discussion there. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, here we are. We're back. Uh, we're back. You're you're back in. I'm back. I was not. Uh, I I had to tune in later because I was on a beach in Mexico. Yes, you were. So um, my wife and I uh, got away, and uh, so it was really really good. It's you know I'm, really I'm, good. I'm very glad I didn't see you in the comments. That yeah, no, I, you, bad, I would not have been in the comments. <laughs> would have been a bad yes. example to all of us. I yeah. Think. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we might have. We might have all had had words for him and said, right. Yeah. Stop working. Yeah. Stop. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, well, good. Well, uh, we are so glad that you're back and, uh, it's good to be back. And we're ready it to is. dive in. Yeah. But, um, I, I want to begin today uh, a little bit differently. We okay. will, we will dive into as, uh, as the title to this said, I think I called it, uh, William Hung, the emperor with no clothes and being honest with yourself. Right. All right. So we're going to talk about all those things. I Yay. Think, to a certain extent. I can't wait. And uh, we'll see how much time William Hung gets uh, on this conversation. But you got it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to begin with a, a segment that is, is often at the end that uh, is about a book. Okay. Because today I brought a book. All right. And um, I'm hoping this this book is uh, okay. We haven't talked about well. this at all. So at all. this is this is Brendan. I gotta I gotta go way underneath the, the table here because I hit was it. this hidden from me? All this right. Was, this was hidden from you because. Um, this is called the Vitology Podcast, right? Yes. Okay, I want to show you what I what I got. Oh no way! I actually found this. I'm holding up a uh, a 1930 um, edition. Wow! Of, of a book called Vitology. In fact, and so that's the same. Isn't that the same branding that Pearl Jam used for so, their Vitology okay, cover? So black, that type of lettering. Yes. Yeah, so this actually came out of a question I got. I got a question the other day, a number of weeks back. Um, they said, Josh, um, what is this Vitology thing? Explain nice. this to me. And this is in our congregation. Um, they said, I looked it up and they said it was a, you know, it had something to do with Pearl Jam. And Josh, why are you using this term? Vitology, like what? Yeah. What is going on here? And I thought to myself, yeah, that's probably a good question. Fair enough, and probably something we need to address every so often, which we, we do sometimes. We do, we, we yep. do every now and again. Um, and uh, and so this word vitology 
has been linked with Pearl Jam. It has. And this is the book that linked that. So here you can you can okay, take a look yeah. at this because um, you could you could go online and Google Vitology and you will see an album cover that looks exactly like that. They absolutely did you buy this? ripped this off. I did. Yes, yes. that's awesome. I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and so they they love this this album cover and decided oh this this cover oh my goodness that's actually I hadn't seen all this wow wow um, they they love this idea <laughs> um, Vitology as a word. It's a it's it's a Latin combination of words, which you know. I, I at one point I called it a made up word, but then I realized at some point all it's words a, are made up. Yeah, right? compound word, right? Putting they're those all, two together. They're putting together words, and somehow you know words become popular and used more. And so vitology it means the the study of life, and uh, and in my theory is that the word biology kind of won out in the. The, yeah, the, the, the I don't know the grand evolution of words, or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, but because this is basically a biology book, it is. As, you, as, as you I look, you just saw. Oh yeah, there's there's some there's some more graphic, not not very graphic. Actually. Oh, I'm glad I didn't turn to some of those. Yeah, there is some there. They they have um, body parts. Oh that, yeah, they do. Sure enough, that is actually quite. So it turns out vitology is rated PG-13, at least. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Yeah, so um, but Pearl Jam liked this so much that they just they just copied it. They copied it. I, they I did. I don't think there's anything different about it, which is funny to me because that's a really that's really cool. Like uh, that's a really cool graphic. It is. I mean that that uh, what what do they call that with fonts? That there's a typology. It is a Let typology, me, man, um, no doubt. And uh, and so here's here's I think Ryan's going to pull up right now yep. for you, um, which if you're at home Oops. listening to this on. Uh, the podcast only, the audio only version, then uh, you're going to have to take our word for it. That uh, there I it am is. holding, yep, I am holding a um, very large book. This book has it's like a family Bible yes, size a pages, just about a thousand pages. And uh, yes, family Bible size, um, full on a hardcover that has Vitology. Right on, I, man. I figured we need this. Okay, now um, if you want Josh to read that and do a review next week, <laughs> then I feel like just give him the thumbs up, and uh, he'll dedicate the next few days to reading that. You know, I feel like this one should be right there. No, it's too. No, ah, it's messed up the focus. I'll, I'll have to figure out a placement All right. for it or something. Yeah, yeah, but, I like um, that. But this is partially just to say that that uh, no, um, we're not just copying Pearl Jam. We're sort of copying Pearl Jam. That copying. Copying this book. <laughs> and uh, That's awesome. And, and I think we're kind of reclaiming a word, right? I like that. That uh, this word, you know, because if we called this biology, um, everyone would get the wrong idea. <laughs> and neither of us would be qualified to talk about It'd biology. It'd be triggering for some people. <laughs> it would be, actually. <laughs> it really would be. Um, we wouldn't be qualified to do it. But uh, instead of um, bios, the biology, the, the study of like, you know, um, our bodies or organisms or things like that, our life. life. Um, in yeah. that sense, we, we really want to study the, the life that, that Jesus came to give us. Right. And so, um, we, we call this vital signs for life abundant. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that's, that's kind of the etymology of the, I like of that. this idea of vitology. And now I have hard evidence for it. Yes, you do. Hardback evidence. Hardback evidence. <laughs> yep. A very old, hardback evidence so 
anyway very cool go. These i are, like that hard to find all right they're hard to find so <laughs> thought you'd enjoy that i do i do that's awesome how funny all right well so uh i thought i'd i'd uh show him that live here with you so um so that we can but now we can dive into um how this passage Mm -hmm. points us to that life really right that's 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 what we're doing and and we can week out that's sort of our goal that is our goal yeah it's i know it's your goal in the sermon absolutely to point people to life there Yep. And so no doubt. Um, so here we get to break it down a little bit more and uh dive in a little deeper. Yeah. Especially diving into a an American Idol reference that began the sermon, right? Like, it did. It did. I thought about showing the video and then I was like, <laughs> ah, I'd probably just derail everything. So um I, that would be I don't know if my kids have seen that video. That it probably would be worth showing them. That was uh, that was sort of two. When was that? I think it was season three three 2014 okay. and it was the second most popular show in america at the time 2004 is what you wrote in oh so yeah 2004 Four. the notes are okay. right yeah, so yeah 2004 my, yeah my kids would have been alive yeah so yeah right. <laughs> yeah i know it's a long time ago <laughs> it's quite a while a long actually. time ago Man, yeah william hung years. dominated that season i mean he he lost but he won <laughs> so the yes, story behind william hung right is he he auditions and yeah. it's a horrific audition but like so bad that it became good type of bad and he actually did quit going um he was he was studying engineering somewhere really got like cal berkeley or something like that yeah like really good school (laughs) william is smart right um and so he he stopped going to school stopped pursuing his engineering career and then he actually did have a music career Yes, he um, did. Oh, yes, he did. Now, is, that, I, I, is it music career or was it comedy well, career? I yeah. Mean, yeah. Yes. And whatever it was, he I believe he performed at Escondido. Oh, my. I goodness. think he came to the mall in oh, Escondido. Oh, my goodness. That so I'm not sure if any of our listeners can either confirm or deny that fact. But that was I'm sure that was before either of our time. in Escondido. Yeah. Yeah. But, but man, that but William hung at the mall in Escondido. If you were if, there, if you were there in <laughs> and saw William hung live, if you can imagine anything better than that, oh my goodness, then um, good luck, good luck with that. I was there when, yeah, I was there when, man. but yeah, so I use that as like an, an introduction to um, this idea of self deception or yes. maybe even like blind spots, right? That we maybe. there's all there's things that we believe about ourselves that just aren't true. Yeah. And um, and when we find them out, sometimes it can be painful. Um, And when you find them out on national television or in front of a whole audience, it can be extremely painful. Yeah. When I found out that I didn't know that Detroit was in Michigan, it was uh, (laughs) it was painful. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. So um, I wanted to try. And and one of my goals in talking about when I talk about really uh, like challenging subjects like that, my hope is to have something that's a little bit comical and lighthearted to try to introduce the concept to people, right? Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. you want to build a bridge to, Hey, there's a little bit of William hung in every single one of us, you know, and that that's the goal in telling that story is to get people thinking, well, maybe there is, Yeah, maybe there is. So I followed that up with, um, a more well-known, um, yeah, at least among some of our congregation, short story sure, by Hans yeah. Christian Andersen yeah. about the emperor 
um, his new clothes and the con men seamstresses that are hired and the way that they tell him they're making clothes that are, he just simply can't see. He buys it hook, line, sinker and walks out in front of everybody believing he's wearing clothes, yep. but he is as naked as the day he was born. So yep. then my favorite part about that story is the kids who yell out or the kid who yells out, you're naked. You're naked. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've worked with kids much, you know that they have a propensity to speak the truth. They can. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So oh, man. anyway. So okay, as as I'm listening to this, I'm just trying to think to myself, you said this this comment that we all have a little William hung on us, and that's or we're all in a sense emperors with no clothes on. And I'm just trying to think what is that? I, you know, and the problem is that we don't know those things often. Yeah. And that's why they're blind. Yeah, we and that's are why they're blinded to them. Yep. Yeah, that's hard. That's that's really good, but so you know now we're we're kind of getting the 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 title of this podcast because you, you talked a lot about being honest, yeah, being honest with ourselves, mm -hmm. right? But but before we get to that, because there's you, you take us uh take us a little bit through this message some mm -hmm. to, to how you got there. Yeah. So well, one we're in a in a season of um this our study of first corinthians where we're really focusing on growth and mm -hmm. it springs out of uh first corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 where paul says to the church at corinth i, I wish you were further along by now and yeah. i wish you were more like adults but you're 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 adult infants really you're still drinking milk when you should yeah. be on solid foods and he's talking about their spiritual maturity mm -hmm. and so the way that we've sort of chosen to teach this portion of the letter is is through that lens and that I'm trying to trace some of the, some of the ways that we get stuck in our growth. Mm -hmm. And one of those ways we talked about the week, um, uh, the week before, um, which we did a message, uh, that we just simply entitled failure to launch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, in that message, uh, we made the point that growth gets stunted when God gets sidelined. Right. right. So yeah. wait, when God gets edged out our growth, um, our growth starts to starts to stop and we can mm -hmm. see the way that happens because we get jealous or we strive for notoriety or we long for control or um, we just focus on the temporal rather than the eternal. But I think Paul's really continuing that line of thought when he starts to talk to the Corinthian church about in, in chapter three, verse 18, where he said, let none of you deceive himself. And yeah. um and so I'm sort of pulling that thread all throughout uh, this message, and but it's connected to, I'm I'm really disappointed that you've stopped growing. Yeah. And yeah. that self deception is one of the ways that we cap our growth oh, out. It. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's hard for us to grow beyond being honest because the longer we lie to ourselves, we just perpetuate that whatever the that falsity is that we're believing, and we it takes honesty mm -hmm. to move towards healing and yeah, growth. There's you know, I've heard it been said this way that there's there's no no growth outside of the truth, right? Yeah. That that the only way to growth is realizing the truth, and oftentimes, oftentimes it's, that's it's painful truth at times or yeah, hard truth. Yeah. Well, and I think we often um, objectify truth, right? And and it it huh. it, it deserves that, right? There is an objective, absolute truth that's universally true, um, whether we believe it or not. And I think Christians often focus on that and want to defend that and go after that, which is fine. But 
that's not what Paul's interested in here. Huh. Here he's interested in us believing and seeing the truth about ourselves. Huh. And um, and so not in, in a meta sort of objective sense, but in more of an internal reflective, am I like asking the question, is yeah. what I believe about me true? And not not uh, not in um, competition with objective truth necessarily. Not, not no, definitely like not one or the other. Which I think that's the narrative that that uh, I think a lot of those Christians have 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 been shown. Because some people will try to hold up subjective truth over objective right. truth, right? Now, right. But I do think, and I think what you're saying is that um, Paul is saying, no, you've got to look at the subjective nature of how this is affecting yeah. us individually, yes. even though there is a, a real objective truth. That's really absolutely I, that's good. And so I sort of had this line that I played with the whole sermon, which is self-deception is self-protection. Yeah. Because I really wanted to get underneath why in the world would anybody want to deceive themselves? Yeah. And to try to push back on that, even though we all do it, we all operate in self-deception on some level. Uh -huh. My my question was why? Mm -hmm. Why is that part of our our story? Mm -hmm. And um, and I think, I mean, you can go back to the garden to see the way that this was happening. And mm -hmm. even though some of the tactics that Adam and Eve used to deflect um, when God comes to them are self-deceptive tactics, mm -hmm. right? Um, that, which we talk about a little bit later on in the message. But the, my whole premise was the honesty, or sorry, the life we crave is on the other side of the honesty we fear. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to encourage people to address the areas of self-deception that may be real in our life and and then to trust Jesus as he would move us forward. Yeah. Well, I love that because that 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 honesty that we fear um it's at the same time we we almost well we don't it's a blind if it is a blind spot it's not always that we fear it but we just don't even know it's there but we also don't want to deal with it yeah. right we don't want to i mean sometimes we have our own self-imposed blind spots, mm -hmm. right? That are because of fear. I just don't want to think about that. Yeah. I don't want to think about my weaknesses. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to think about the the problems in, in my, in my life, in my marriage, in my job, in my, whatever that is. Right. Right. Um, that's, and, and yet what you're saying is that that's, that's where the growth happens. As painful as it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It turns out growth hurts. <sighs> You know, I mean, Turns out I think yeah, that's 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 good. I think and that's that when we really address what we saw uh, two weeks ago. Also, I think that that's just man, at least that's been the case in my life. It's been mm. facing these re realities about myself and then going, OK, what do I where does that come from and what do I want to do about it? And Jesus, what are you inviting me yeah. to do in partnership with yeah. your spirit? What a great. You know, that. I just think about uh, it, it leads me to think about my kids growing right. I've got a, I've got a fifteen year old who, um, at times, growth hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like even just literal, physical physically, literal, yeah, like, yeah. They have like odd knee problems all of a sudden. Yeah, because they're growing too fast and their body's not keeping up, or, or they, you know, sorry, kid, but um, or there's like all of a sudden they're breaking out and everything like that, and growth just kind of hurts. They go it through hurts. Those, those yeah. awkward, weird times that no one wants to go back to yeah <laughs> um yeah it does that's interesting that's true and that's very true in life 
and growing I think older it, hurts. Yeah, it did. It is, and it's true spiritually too. And uh, and so I think that's why mm-hmm. I, I, that's why I think Paul has to really press on this. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's exactly where he goes in the rest of this passage. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I'll say about this text. I think, well, this was a challenging one to teach because yeah. it was a big chunk of scripture, and to try to find a way that there's a thread to pull throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, was honestly a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this passage affords itself the ability to be taught in a few different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So if we were doing like um, a pastor's conference and and talking to pastors, I would, it would have looked a little and felt a little bit different. Um, if I was just teaching through it, it probably would have felt a little bit different okay. because there were some things that I drew out of the passage that um and some things that i didn't draw out that that i could have right um and so if we want we can push into some of those but i I would just say that this was i i love the way that this sort of came together with a self-deception idea but there was a lot of sort of choose your own adventure in regards to the way that you'd focus on certain things um yeah yeah in light of the letter as a whole that's a good way to put it because because sometimes that and I don't know if this was like that, that that doesn't come to you till, or that yeah. final way that it all comes together you know, it comes comes after after hours and hours of study. Maybe it's a or day or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, to realize, oh, that's a way to put it all together. And that's the idea of like rolling an exegetical outline. What does this text say into a homiletical outline of mm-hmm. how do we want to preach this in light of? what God might be saying through the exegesis and the truth of what's said, what does he want to say to our church and our community at this point in time? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's a difference between an exegetical outline and a homiletical outline. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what a great observation, even that, that knowing who you're speaking to matters and what you would say from this text. Totally. So let me give you an example. Yeah. Um, I address this passage later on, but in an incipient form, and I didn't develop the idea at all Mm. for all things are yours. Paul says verse 21 of chapter three, right? Whether Paul or Apollo, Cephas, um, or Cephas. And then, so just stop there. Like one of the things Paul's saying is you don't have to choose between Paul and Paulus and Cephas. Like they can all be instructors and teachers. You can learn from all of them. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you? Why are you choosing sides? Mm-hmm. They're all yours. Yeah. Huh. But then he goes on to say, uh, so all things are yours or or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Yes. And um, all are yours. Yeah. That is a cosmic statement. Oh my goodness. Yes. It reminds Present, me of future life, death. I mean, there's <laughs> nothing he leaves out, right? Yeah, totally. It reminds me of the uh, Romans chapter eight. Nothing yeah, can separate yeah, you yeah. from love, God, not life nor death, yeah. present, future. Um, it reminds me of Colossians chapter one, where Paul says that through his blood, he has reconciled all oh, things thanks. to himself, making yeah. peace on the cross. Yeah. Um, and so there's this cosmic dimension to our faith mm-hmm. that I don't know that we often go into because it's it's mind altering it's it, yeah. it it seems to us to be this very otherworldly type of um huh. journey and yet paul doesn't have any 
problem going there. No, no. And I think that ties into this idea of life, death, present, future ties into the fact that he goes, I don't even judge myself. Um, And Christ will judge me in the end. And so he definitely has in his mind this sort of like eschatological or last things view of not only his reality as a Christian, but God's judgment of him um, as a, as a person. Yeah. Oh man, there's, there's so much you can, there's so many ways to just tease that out. That that would be a great sermon. I mean, so much there. Cause even that idea, I love how you tied that with the, you know, Paul or Paulos, because it's as if, it's as if Paul is just minimizing those things so much. Like you're, you're holding on to this little piece when it's It's, all life, death. I mean, all of it yeah. is yours. Right. There's so much more is what he's getting at. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, but, but man, you're missing out. Well, and so then, much. so then down in verse, um, I don't have it right in front of me. Is it verse eight where he says, oh no, verse seven, where he says, um, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you received it, why do you boast as it, as if you did not receive it? So yeah. I think one of the things he wants to make the point about is, don't lose sight of the fact that all things are yours, but they're not yours because you've performed and they're not yours because you've earned They're They're yours because of grace yeah. and yeah. don't lose sight of that. And when you start to play these games about of divisions and who do we like better as a pastor, or teacher, or preacher, or whatever was going on in Ephesus at the time, you're losing sight of this eschatological reality huh. that you're in Christ and it's all yours yeah. in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. those were things I didn't even talk about. That, that was my, I think that was my original point, right? Like yes, totally. we didn't even talk about those in the sermon and yet they're all there and massive in their implication. And this scope. is why this could be a two year study. Easily. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Easily. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, that was sort of a fun, there's a lot of rabbit trails there in, mm-hmm. in the prep and study, but in the end, um, I think from a preaching standpoint, I'm grateful for where sort of the Lord led. Yeah. Now, cause that, that idea though, you, cause you did bring up that idea of, of earning versus receiving, mm-hmm. right. That we, mm-hmm. we think that we've earned it when really we've received it. Yeah. Right. Um, that's, I think that's such a, that's such a, that's a great concept for us to, to realize um, that <laughs> cause we like earning. Absolutely. <laughs> we really, yep. you know, we live in a world of earning. Yeah. Right. And uh, and part of this recognition that this is this has been a gift given to us Mm -hmm. and the gift is even so much more than we realize. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I think the subtext of why do you earn why do you think you've earned what you've actually received is like so the present. Did you earn that? No. Um, The future. Did you earn that? No. That's all gift. uh, your life? Did you earn that? No. Death? Well, maybe you could argue we've earned that because of sin. But um, you know what I mean? Like that, it's, I think that's the subtext to Paul going, it's all yours. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so this idea of self-deception and how do we do that? Um, I, I suggested that this idea of uh, the wisdom of the age is tied to their um, both longing and the reality that they were more accepted in their okay. in their cultural moment than maybe Paul suggested they should be. Um, 
And so like they had convinced themselves that they were okay and they were right because they were in line with the wisdom of the age, right? Okay. So they sort of taken yeah, Christianity it. and added the sophist to it and went, we have our own version of this. Um, yeah. And they went, we must be doing okay. 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 Yeah, so um, it, it validated it validated. what they had already believed. It's yeah. A, what do they call that in psychology? What, what uh, kind of fallacy? Yeah, there's a, or it's a, well, um, oh my goodness, it's a bias. It's a cognitive bias <laughs> that is, ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. But where you, when you believe something coming into it, you'll believe it all the more, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it validates your, your presuppositions. Yeah. Anyway, someone will um, catch that later and text me. But um, um, yeah, that's that's that seems exactly what he's saying there. Yep. Man, so um, okay, so then uh, that's a part of um, recognizing what we've earned. I mean, that we sorry that we haven't earned it, but we've received received it as part of the honesty with ourselves mm -hmm. that we don't deserve to lay claim to these things or all yeah. this stuff, right? Because so. we didn't do it, right? It was given to us and that oh that all this gift as we just said changes the way that we perceive yep. the world and i think too that there's um i at one point in i think it was psalms of ascent we were talking about humility mm -hmm. and we said humility is simply honesty mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. because it's the recognition of who we really are mm -hmm. and the how gracious jesus has been to us and a humility isn't um it's viewing ourselves in reality in light of the fact that god is glorious right mm -hmm. and so it, it's just simply humility is honesty mm -hmm. and so that was sort of what we were getting at there mm -hmm. is that idea of yep when we really see ourselves we haven't earned it it's all gift then humility is a byproduct of that mm -hmm. So then Paul says, Paul makes some like pretty amazing statements in verse three okay. of chapter four. He says, I don't even judge myself. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, like you're judging me, Corinthian church. And, but you shouldn't do that. You don't need to do that. And by the way, I don't even judge myself, which is okay. I didn't get the chance to go into that as much as I wanted to, but I think there's massive implications for oh. us and, um, especially in our culture right now. So I made the okay. statement, the only blasphemy left is to deny self because the self is the uh, new God. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I think if for Paul to say, I don't judge myself, I don't validate myself, I'm not making determinations about my motives even. Mm -hmm. um, I think for us, we go, whoa, 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 Paul. Like, yeah, maybe don't judge everybody else, but certainly you could tell us why you're okay. And why, why you should be innocent and why, and he goes, no, I don't. I was it verse so you're five. saying you're using like judge in a, in a positive sense or like affirm yourself. He says, verse four, yeah. for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. Yeah. So he's, he's using this of, like judicial yeah, yeah. type of a framework yeah. to say even though i have a clean conscience it doesn't mean i have right standing with god because uh, of my clean conscience yeah and i just thought oh wow there is so much that there that's really good but I, even though i don't feel i don't think i did anything wrong today right I yeah i i feel like i've been okay in this I, i'm not innocent yeah it's a recognition that um 
there's there's so much more going on i think that's a that's a super helpful way to look at this yeah uh because i think so many people it's it's about like oh i just i didn't do it i didn't do that i mean this is this once again kids <laughs> it wasn't me right she did it he did it, right whatever i mean that's that's that is so human nature but to say hey i mean <laughs> i still may be wrong <laughs> yeah is in a way or things like you know when when we say something that hurts somebody and our response is, oh, well, I didn't mean it that way. Yeah, yeah. Right. And yeah. oh, I couldn't, I, I'm surprised you took that that way, or I'm I'm yeah. sorry that that hurt your feelings. Right. And so all of those are ways that we often protect our conscience yeah. and we go, well, what what matters is my motives, and I can assure you that my motives are pure. Yeah. And Paul's going, I'm not so sure. No, no. Even he's saying that about himself. Yeah, uh, that's a good observation. So yeah. I think the the layers there are just massive. Um, and I think in a day and time where we, I think we elevate our, our internal monologue and our internal feelings um, to almost a place of deity, yeah. that this is a challenging word for us. Yeah. Just because I don't, I'm not aware of any internal sin in me or sorry, external sin, right? Or, or any sin at all. And I'm trying my best. Doesn't mean that I haven't sinned. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that's, that's a, man, that's, that's honesty. That's knowing himself. And, uh, and what a breath of fresh air in our world that like would say, Hey, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah, what I don't know I've done in this even. You right. Know? So um, at, at with the risk of getting into deep and theologically challenging and sociologically challenging waters, mm -hmm. like one of my questions was about some of the, um, the things that we've seen in our culture about gender and sexuality okay. and some of those internal narratives and, and wrestlings that we see going on in our cultural moment mm -hmm. right now mm -hmm. for Paul to write, I, I may feel this way, but it may not be true. Huh. Um, and it may not align with reality. Yeah. I think is a challenging word for us to at least put as a blip on our radar to go, okay, I, I may need to rethink the way that I think about my internal monologue yeah. or at least hold it maybe a little bit more open to scrutiny rather than saying, because I feel this way, it's, it is certainly true. See, actually what you're getting at is the, is what well, we talked about that objective truth versus subjective mm -hmm. truth that, 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 that subjective questioning of ourself is important and that we need to do it, but we cannot, we cannot hold that one over the objective truth. Right. Right. Because what, what he's saying is I don't subjectively, I may not see anything, yeah. but objectively there, there, there might be something, something even, right. Yeah. yeah. There may be. And I've got to be humble enough to recognize that, that, yeah. that what you're saying is like, I, I may feel, you know, sexuality or, or identity one way. Yeah. I mean, name your issue, whatever right? that yeah. is. Um, it's, there's a humility to say, but objectively there's something else going on. And mm -hmm. my subject of my, my idea of myself doesn't dictate everything. Mm-hmm. Just because I don't have, I'm not aware of anything against myself does not thereby acquit me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, 
there's there's a lot there, obviously, but that was some of what was going on in the back of my mind. And I tried to think through, okay, what are ways I try to protect my own conscience? Because if one of the ways that we deceive ourselves is by protecting our conscience, what is our strategy for doing that? And um, for me, I saw three things that, that I sometimes do. And um, so I just tried to name them. Blame others. Yeah. Compare myself to others, believing or trying to make myself believe God's grading on a curve. Yeah. And then just simply deny. Like, nope, that's not a. Just and not, yeah. as I thought about that, we have an amazing ability to convince ourselves of things that aren't true. Uh, and like we would like we would pass a polygraph. <laughs> no, that really wasn't my fault. That was yeah. that was their fault. And I only did what I did because they did what they did. And if I, they wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have done what I did. And uh, therefore my conscience is clean. Right. Yeah. No, and exactly right. it's the, this type of a thing. And then we protect ourselves, and we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good one. You know, that ah, man, that idea that we would, um, we would pass a polygraph mm -hmm. is, is actually true. That especially dealing with <laughs> dealing with past events, huh? That we we remember them in a way that um, sometimes it's positive for us. It, 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 we change all it is. We change our memories of the past so much so that we would pass a polygraph about what has happened back, and and it's usually wrong. It's some yeah. not 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 everything's wrong, but the details just do not do not add up yeah is what studies have shown and so like eyewitness testimonies and things like that uh -huh. and so especially when you're dealing with this is what i did i'm in the right right and i mean i don't know about you but this seems to be an issue that uh i run into so much with with family issues mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. historic issues especially mm -hmm. things that have happened um relationally a long time ago that keeps getting brought up but everybody brings it up a little bit differently. Yeah. Right. And no one's willing to say, no one's willing to say, you know, I, I don't think I was wrong, but uh, I, I'm not acquitted. I'm right? not acquitted. I, yeah. No one's willing to say that. Everyone's like, no, no, no. This is how I remember it. Right. This is what it is. And, and they'll go to their grave saying that because they believe it. Right. And I don't know if it's that we don't want to or we're unable to ask the question, do I believe it went that way because that helps me or makes exactly. me look better? Exactly. Or is is self-deception, self-protection in this area of my life? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we blame, we compare, we deny. Um, we already talked about that we earn. We believe we've uh, earned what we've actually received. And then we got into this this uh, section where, um, so my wife says to me afterwards, I never read this section as sarcasm, but she said, I, I, I think you're right. I think it is where Paul says, already you have all you want. Already yeah, you've yeah, become yeah. rich. Without us, you've become kings. And I sort of went like, hey, bro, like, good for you. Yeah, bravo. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he says, I would that you did reign. Like, I wish I wish it were true yeah. what you're what you believe um, so that we might share in the rule with you. Uh, so I, I think huh. I, I pointed out that and this obviously isn't original to me, that a lot of the commentaries would suggest they had this over-realized eschatological yes. viewpoint that they had hooked onto 
that just simply all that means is that they believe that all the good things that Jesus promises in the end, which we will receive in Christ in all of their fullness, the Corinthian church believed that they were already there. So that's why that word already is such a key word in yeah, the text. Yeah, yeah. So will we reign one day? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we will. I mean, in fact, like there's a, in a few weeks, we've got this, what I think is sort of a funny text coming up. Um, it says this, do you not know that, that we are, uh, sorry, this is verse chapter six, verse three. Six, okay. Do you not know that we are to judge the angels? And I wanted to be like, no, no I didn't know that. <laughs> we didn't know that. In Boy, fact, sure could you go that. into that more? Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, a, <laughs> a number of rhetorical questions. <laughs> Did you not know that the saints will judge the world? Did you not know you'll judge angels? I'm like, wow, there's, there's a lot going on there. There's a few um, things. Anyway, so that's, <laughs> that's coming up great. in a few weeks, but good. You'll get, you'll answer yeah, that for us. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 absolutely. I guess so. Um, anyway, so that's where it's heading. Right. But he's yeah. saying, that's not the reality yet. And then what he does is he contrasts their perceived reality with his actuality, right? So he goes, okay, okay you, you think you're kings? Great. You have all you need. Wonderful. You're rich. Awesome. And I think the subtext is sort of like, if that's true, why am I getting beat up? Why am I homeless? Why am I weak, quote unquote, as the world would sort of imagine it? Yeah. And his reality is not matching up with their theology. Got it. And so there's a number of contrasts he points out, but one of the things that I, I, I tried to sort of sift through what's the, what's the lie that they're believing that could be attached to self-deception. So yeah. it's like yeah. trying to pull Absolutely. this thread all the way through. And I think it's this idea that we mistake worldly comfort for divine blessing. Yes. Yes. Okay. That, that's a, that's a big issue. That's big. I think it is. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. We did mistake um, our comfort. Correct. Right? And especially, especially in America, right? Our, um, and, you know, um, in general America, but um, especially upper class, mm -hmm. middle upper class um, America, when we've got, you know, multiple cars, really nice houses. Um, all the things, mm -hmm. right? That that comfort can be mistaken for divine blessing. Yeah, and yet there are times where God blesses materially. Okay. Um, because of or um, as a result of obedience, right? Okay. Um, so I think the challenge with this idea is how do we one? How do we know if God's blessing or if it's just um, or if it's just we're experiencing worldly comfort. Mm -hmm. Two, how do, how do we read this and not embrace like what we might consider to be a martyr syndrome, syndrome where we go after pain yes. and believing that yes. that's the way that we should live, yeah. right? I mean, Paul says, we're the scum of the earth, the refuse of all things. Like, is that prescriptive or descriptive, right? <laughs> go be the scum <laughs> go of the earth. Go be the right? scum of the earth, right? Get walked all over. That'll start a church right there. That'd be yeah. There's actually a church. Lost. There is a church in Denver called Scum of the Earth. Scum of the Earth Church? Yeah. No way. Yeah. 
there is. Is it working? <laughs> it, it did. There's like, there's a number of like, um, at one point seminary professors that went there yeah. and, um, but they were really reaching out to street kids and no people that were experiencing homelessness. And, wow. wow. Um, yeah. I feel like, uh, anyway, it, that would be a hard sell here. Yeah. A little bit. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Not your... I think it was a hard sell for Paul too. Right. Where I right? think he's yeah, going yeah. like, I'm really happy for you, but we aren't experiencing that. Yeah. Does that mean God's not blessing us? Yeah. And I think maybe people around the globe might ask the church in the West the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. If like if the prosperity gospel is true, right, then why are there so many people followers of Jesus around the world that just simply don't experience that? Yeah. So the prosperity gospel meaning like that that because of um, our faith. Because we believe the right things, God will bless us materially, materially, yeah, um, with stuff. Yep, and and that's uh, that's one of those things that, I mean, uh, if if we really believe that, then what we're saying is that God is blessing America, and God is not blessing other places. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you look around the world and you see the richest people. Uh, we're hearing about it right now in in Russia. Mm -hmm. They're called oligarchs, right? Yep. And they're typically seemingly don't want to talk about all of them if you're listening <laughs> um, but you know not they always are. the good guys right seeming like the exact opposite well okay this was a big question in fact we got a question about this okay yeah about this idea um because um this person just does love the idea um can i say who can i say this i think i can say this is todd sure. todd thank you for your question um and so we want to get to this right now i think these are questions really um, and he just says, how, this is where I think he could tell this was another area you would love to go deeper in. Oh, gosh. This yeah. To, yeah. To really to really push into because there's a lot in this passage. But um, so he'd love a, a deeper dive on this subject. Um, um, for example, I hear from many um, how God has blessed them either financially or in other ways as a result of their faith. And so much of other scripture, especially in wisdom literature, extols the benefits and rewards of hard work versus failure and pitfalls of laziness. Okay. So um, there are chapters on that in Proverbs. I think, yeah. you know, Proverbs chapter six, I think it is, would be a great example of laziness or sloth, as some translations yeah. might say, versus hard work. Yeah. Right. So the, and, Proverbs are pithy statements about the way the world generally works. Absolutely. Right. And so is it saying if you work hard, you will always be financially successful? Um, no, yeah. I think you can. I think we all know that there are people that have worked extremely hard and yep. have never been financially successful as we might mm -hmm. say it should mm -hmm. look. And there are some people that have been really lazy and it's just seemed to work out really well for them. Exactly. But Proverbs are pithy statements about the way that the world generally works. And I would say yes and amen to that. You work hard and typically what happens is you have enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. This, this to, I got a text today from a former student who's now in seminary. He just quotes me Proverbs 19.4, which says wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. And so he says this, is this justifying wealth? He says, huh. so he's a seminary student. He's asking right. all these questions. Yeah. I said it was the same thing, that the Proverbs are not necessarily saying that something is, is good or bad. It's just saying that this is the way that the general kind of way that the life works. Yeah. 
And so uh, it's not suggesting that we should, you know, make our life about accumulating wealth, but just point out that sad truth that sometimes that's the way the world behaves. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And, uh, and so that that's a that that's a great point. So, and I think to Todd's point, there, it's really hard to tell sometimes, right? Why, yeah, yeah. like, does did this person were they um, were they blessed by God because they made wise decisions? Or um, is that just the way that the world works, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now I would say that God is behind that wisdom, right? And that oh, sure. it, it, we see this very clearly in the book of Proverbs. Um, is it his active blessing all the time in a sense of like, um, he's going, you know, Josh, great, great job. Yeah. And because you worked hard, I am going to reward you, personally reward you? Mm -hmm. Or is it baked into mm -hmm. the design of the universe, mm -hmm. right? I think, mm -hmm. but either way, God's behind it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, I think that's getting at the, um, okay, there, there's there's scripture all over this. And and to, I mean, to his point, there's a lot of scripture about uh, about wealth. Yeah. I mean, they're about, about money issues of yeah. some sort, right? Um, for sure. And so, so, but he's getting, um, how do we distinguish between those, the, um, the two? That's, that's the big question. How do we know, um, if it's a blessing that are my, that are my comfort, you know, at times it seems like it, that could be a blessing there. Sure. I mean, let's just yeah. it. it's, it's, uh, it's better than not. Absolutely. hundred percent. Right? Uh, yeah. Know, we would, I don't think we would wish poverty on anybody. Um, but um, how do we know the difference? Maybe uh, he says, maybe I need a specific example of the differences and uh, in any, any similar comparison of, he says, now he throws out common grace and prevenient grace okay. is what he's getting at here. So yeah. what, what you were just saying about the, the way it's baked into the, right. to the system, right? To yep. the world, yep. the way it worlds works, that, that would be an example of common, common grace. grace. Right? Sure. Okay. So um, let me answer. I think it's easier to answer the it on the negative side, meaning like, yeah. how would we know that we are simply just experiencing worldly comfort rather than divine blessing? That's probably true. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what I would say to that is God will not actively bless something that goes against his commands, right? Actively bless it. Okay. Got so that. like when Paul starts to point out, here's the way that we do. When we are reviled, we bless. Right. Mm. And this is simply like, if you go back and read the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter three verses or Matthew five. chapter five verses yeah. three through twelve, you're going to see a lot of these. Right. Um, if you read the Sermon on the Mount, you're going to see a lot of these. And so if we um, when reviled, if we don't bless. Right. Mm. If we lash out and somehow that goes well for us, it's not that because God not blessed. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think so for me, it's that's the easier way to put it. Mm. When persecuted, we endure. And so I think what Paul's saying is no, 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 like God's blessing allows us to continue to endure even when things are challenging. Not it doesn't prevent those things from happening every time, mm. right? Mm. Um, or even when we slander, we entreat or we encourage, right? So if we return a wrong for a wrong and it works out well for us. That's not God's blessing. And so I think that op the negative side of the financial piece too, if we um, cut corners on our taxes and we're not honest, right? And we have more money because of it 
it's not because God blessed. It's yeah. because we cut corners. Yeah. And um, and so I think that's what he's saying, it, like to the Corinthian church. If if you're experiencing being, um, what is he says, um, you've already become rich, you have all you want, and you've already become kings. I think he's tying this back into you're you're you are embracing worldly wisdom, mm -hmm. and it happens to be working out for you in the short run. But the way of Jesus, while it may be harder in the short run, yeah. is actually better in the long run. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. It, and yet, so, I mean, you can have, because if you stop paying taxes, um, you'll have more money. Correct. <laughs> in the short run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, eventually they'll catch up to you. Yeah. Right? Um, now, oh man, and yet it sometimes, and this is, this seems like the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Is like a is like a book that just gives uh, it seems like a bunch of scenarios where that that common logic right that we live by that our society is organized by that keeps us from not paying taxes right yeah <laughs> because um, if 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 it wasn't true generally speaking that if you stop paying taxes then then you know you'd get in trouble then people would just stop paying taxes right but but sometimes the book of Ecclesiastes points out that there's these people that that are um they're terrible people that make a lot of money yeah and are live seemingly successful lives right why do the wicked happy? prosper right? Prosper? right um psalm 73 david's going i i'm scratching my head god because yeah. it sure seems like the people who are doing wrong are getting ahead yeah um and i i think that so i hope that helps um and what was the so I think the negative is hard, is easier to prove than the positive, right? Yeah. The positive as we walk with Jesus and, and so that's, that's the goal, right? We abide in him. And as we do that and experience God's goodness and grace and mercy, I think it's safe to assume that's God's blessing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. prevenient grace and common grace. Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Will you read the question? Yeah. He says, well, I mean, you, you got it. The, you know, some, uh, how do you distinguish between the two main, oh, uh, yeah. the two of, of which one is the blessing and which one's not. I, I mean, as much as I'd love to give Todd a real clear answer here. Whew, it's I, tough. I mean, it seems like the type of thing that, so back to that, um, back, this is, this is one of those things between you and God in a sense, right? That, like if you know if you know that this was done the right way for the right reasons, all those things, um, and and it's done in the way of Jesus, right? That's yeah. The thing like, okay, you. Um, I think of companies that that do this in a positive sense. Um, I, I mean, let's go Chick Fil A or something like that, right? That yeah. stops. That stops. It would be my pleasure to be... go Chick Fil A. <laughs> you did that. I'm hungry. That was great. Well done. Um, uh, that you, um, you know, they stop, they st close down on Sundays, right? Yeah. And uh, and they're doing it for seemingly the right reason. Mm -hmm. It's not just a ploy to make more money. All those things, right? Um, and yet they they prosper, yeah, because of that. Um, and because their chicken sandwiches are really good. Listen, if Jack in the Box closes on Sunday, I don't know if it's helping them as much. <laughs> 
But that's that combo, right? That's that combo that we're talking about. People that take care of their employees. They they choose to to bless others instead of hoarding wealth where they can. Um, Those kind of things, they, what is it? Um, what is it? Jesus says that this this is getting at that idea. Use worldly wealth to to bless others. Yeah. So that you may have friends. Yeah, that's a, that's a parable. Of the shrewd manager. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. An interesting one. But yeah, we. <laughs> but there's something about that that um, you when you see that happening, I think everybody says like, yes, right. That's the way it should be. And there's it's hard to set a, I don't know, one kind of rule on it all. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, I so I think. Um, that this whole, like, for example, I think the most one, this section is a challenging section to know exactly what's going on in Corinth yeah. at the time. Um, and the way that it contrasts, we know it does, it contrasts with what Paul's experiencing. So yeah. he does say here, you are held in honor, but we in disrepute, yeah. right? So He's saying that there's something that you're doing, believing, or saying that's causing the the people in Corinth at large to look at you and go, right on, yeah, right on, and um, and he's saying, but we're held in disrepute, yeah, and I, if you if you've been with us over the last you know few weeks in this letter, you know that for Paul, the cross is the ultimate, um event in the history of the world Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. saying like the shame of the cross is actually or the foolishness of the cross is actually the wisdom of god Mm -hmm. and and that wasn't readily accepted in corinth at the time and so when paul writes and he says to the church in corinth he says um uh where is it um if any of you thinks that he's wise in this age, mm-hmm. let him become a fool. Mm-hmm. I think what he's saying is you you haven't gone all in on the cross and all in on the gospel, and you're getting the applause of the world because of it. Yeah. You are held in honor, but because we've gone all in on the mm-hmm. gospel, we're held in disrepute, and it may be working out well for you, right? Um, uh, uh, let's, where does he say? Um, we are weak, but you're strong. Yeah. Uh, you are held in honor. We in disrepute to the present hour. We're hungry. We thirst. We yeah. pour. I think what he's saying is like what you're experiencing is not God's blessing. It's actually you have just acquiesced to the world yes. and huh. you're experiencing worldly comfort. And, and what he's getting at, though, is that what he's experiencing is the same kind of suffering that Jesus did. Right. And so you made a you, you used a word that is not a common word about this, that, that discipleship is cruciform. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. That 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 idea, explain that idea of cruciform. Yeah. Cruciform. Like, like to be the way of the cross, right? Yeah. The way of self-sacrificial love mm-hmm. for the sake of another, mm-hmm. giving yourself for the sake of another is is crucial it's it's cross form yeah so okay that could be kind of an answer to todd a little Mm -hmm. bit that that if it's done sacrificially yeah right um and and that's the hard thing about like like business stuff necessarily because very rarely are you sacrificing Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean usually you're trying to make money yeah okay now not to say that's not wrong like making money is not not wrong no, in not itself, right? Yeah. Um, but there's something about that sacrificial attitude of what what Paul's getting at here that discipleship is is being willing to to sacrifice some of those things. Paul clearly did. He was hungry. 
they're well-fed, right? Mm -hmm. That, that, that ability to say, um, to deny ourselves Mm -hmm. is what you're getting at is that that's what, that's what discipleship, our discipleship needs to look like. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Mm. That's powerful. And it, uh, I think that just sitting with that a little bit of, okay, how is my discipleship in a cruciform shape? Mm-hmm. In other words, am I, am I dying for the sake of others, Right. for my community, uh, for my family? Yep. That's, yeah. Let's move on to something better. I'm just yeah, kidding. No, 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 that, that's it. Yeah. That really, I'm joking. And I think as far as like the idea of self-deception, gosh, maybe that ends justify the means type of mentality is something that can slip in for every single one of us. And um, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I tried to point out is that I, if yeah. if I can sort of try to step into the Corinthian shoes and listen to Paul, it, it, I think it could be that type of a statement that he's making for you. Yeah, the, all these things are good, but if for you, the ends have justified the means and you're actually not living the way yeah in other words you did it the wrong way yeah so the i mean great you've got wealth right you're held in honor you're wonderful great great it's just the way you got there it 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 was the the wrong way it 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 killed the the message right that's it man that the message and the messenger Mm -hmm. um is so tied together yeah, um, that was uh, Malcolm Mug- Mugridge. Mugridge. Mugridge, I think, said that that the the messer is the message. Yeah, that's how he said it. Yeah, um, that, that 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 if you if the message gets out there, but it's done in the wrong way. Yeah, right, Ooh. man. Or the person is living the wrong way. It just it 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 can hurt the message. Yeah, and we've all seen that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Man, that's that's really good. Okay. Um, we, we, man, there's, there's, there's more to this. Well, you got to listen to the whole sermon, Yeah. but, um, we're, uh, we are, we are up on time. And so, uh, Ryan, any, any, any last words, thoughts? No, I think if, today? um, I think this is a challenging for me, it was a challenging message to write because, um, I just found myself asking, all right, Lord, where, where do I not, where do I not see reality about me? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, had some good conversations with people about maybe some areas of me that I don't see. And so that was part of my follow-up and application. Um, it might be some of yours. Um, I think this idea... I'd rather not do that. Yeah, is that, is that... <laughs> not yours, like, no, you, I, yeah. like just yours in general. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the general yeah, you, yeah. y'all. Yeah, not me. Um, I do think that the point about um, we are in Christ has to be the foundation of any sort of honest self-exploration. And um, so Tim Keller does some great work on this, on how the way that... Um, our conviction about the gospel allows us to be honest with ourselves mm-hmm. in a way that nothing else does mm-hmm. because the core of who we are is becomes unshakable. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had some of that in the background of my mind as I wrote that last point about our secure identity. But I really do think when Paul says, um, you know, don't deceive yourself and all things are yours. You are Christ's and Christ is God's. Like that is not inconsequential. Like, we can live in an honesty because we know we are in Christ. Mm. And apart from that, I don't, I don't know that we, that that's a possibility. Yeah. At least not one that would, uh, we would want to venture into because the very foundation of our identity could get rocked if we found out something about ourselves 
that we wish weren't true. Yeah. Oh man. And uh, tying that all together, I didn't see this until you just said that, that Paul here's talking at the end there about um, how well off they are and uh, they've gone the wrong way to get out these, these great. They're, they're well off. Wonderful. Yep. These things that, that don't really matter in the end. And yet they had been given everything, everything, yep. everything in the beginning. Yep. Um, and it's just, that comes, that comes just a, a different way. Mm -hmm. It's the way of, of Christ, the way of the cross. Yeah. In Christ, in Christ on the cross. Oh, man. Well, Ryan, what a, a great conversation. Thank so you fun. for listening in. Oh, man. Carolyn's got some comments here. Hello, Carolyn Schmidt. I, we, we were so into this, we didn't get to to get to comments today. I know. Um, but as always, uh, we're so thankful for you, for your interaction with us, the um, questions you have. Thank you, Todd, for sending that question in. And uh, we'd love to interact with uh, with any others that come in. This uh, this next next week, we've, we're continuing this series. Yeah. Um, continuing uh, chapter four. Uh, get the the rest of chapter four rest right? of chapter four most of chapter four yep another another good size passage oh uh, no this one's just seven for 14 to 21 good okay oh yeah you got that far that's right yep. okay all right good well all right i see that you've got a book up okay just really quick book i think we have time for a book really quick this is good okay this is a beach read um <laughs> a beach read. well actually not not quite all right okay, okay. um it's a, this is a, a great novel it's, it's called We Begin at the End, and it's by Chris Whitaker. And I'd read this on our, on my vacation and absolutely loved it. Really? Loved it. So um, you may know that um, I think I recommended This Tender Land a little while back by William Kent Kruger, and I loved that story. It was like this adventure sort of Tom Sawyer-esque with like great character development and like good authorship this one it functions in a similar way there's this okay. um i think she's a 13 year old girl that's the protagonist oh. and um it's just a great read there's a little bit of swearing in it but if you can handle that um i think you'd really enjoy the book it's a novel it's a great story and i won't spoil it but it does have some nice twists and turns so there you go. and i think a really interesting message so if you end up reading it message me i would love to talk to okay. you about it okay so. oh interesting all right well there you go he doesn't just read theology books ladies and gentlemen that's good good to know well uh <laughs> thank you all for being here and uh thank you ryan thank you josh great, it was a lot of fun great conversation. as usual we will uh we'll be back again lord willing next week same time same place yes indeed god bless everybody see you